0: sorry, I'm sorry. I was in the midst of praising Josh Helmer before the program the started. Welcome into the Plank Show. The we are on the road through. today in let the man go Emergency response group. In fact, I just saw the man, the myth, the legend Gary Caven swing by. He will join us at 10.05 a.m. Did you hear the mystery
1: of the, uh, of the box got solved? I, I did, but... Uh, I'm still a little leery or what what was it?
0: Okay. I'm gonna welcome into the Plank Show. It is a Thursday edition. Um coming up on the program, we have our sneak peek of coaches corner, Emmett Jones and Brandon Hall. Do you want an update on Peyton Bowen? You'll hear from Brandon Hall. Do you want an update on the false start penalties? You'll hear from Emmett Jones and his concern over what's happening with the receivers. Uh, at the line of scrimmage. I, I don't think that's fair for me to present it like that, his concern. But, again, we're going to be very guilty on a <clears throat> day after a wipe at Wednesday, Josh, we're going to be very guilty of of not wiping it completely. So we'll talk a little bit about carryover from Saturday and more of an in-depth preview on West Virginia. You heard from Jed yesterday. You heard from Tony Caridi earlier today I think we know the challenge at hand. This is a team that if you're not careful, you'll look up at the scoreboard, much like you did on Saturday, and you're like, have we even had the football? Do you realize one thing looking back on Saturday that Oklahoma State had a, I think it was a true full quarter more of a uh, of time of possession than Oklahoma? That was the fastest first quarter ever last weekend. So we'll get to all that coming up. Plus, I, I guess today is a day when we're going to start getting some at least understanding of what the Big Ten's penalty that they're going to dole out to Michigan or at least attempt to dole out to Michigan will look like. Michigan went all in on a tough guy letter that they sent to the NCAA. Oh, let's go. So we'll get to that. The Thunder went last night. Looking really good to start this season. All that. And then high school football playoff action. Now, if I am understanding what the boss lady, Casey Vineyard, sent this week, we don't have to worry about anything tonight, right? We're not really dealing with too many Thursday night football games anymore when it comes to the playoffs.
1: I think I think we might have the, oh. the one game tonight. Okay. Let me do a little double-checking for you. Though. Hold on.
0: I've got it right here in front of my fat face if I just looked at it. Um, well, that's – our schedule for tomorrow. Yes, we have Broken Arrow and Norman. That, I apologize.
1: That's what I thought. Yeah, I thought Norman played tonight.
0: Krefsports.tv. My bad. My bad. I I didn't look at the very top where it says Thursday football. I just saw them all in one grouping and I Understandable. <laughs> like, oh, every game must be on Friday then. So we we'll, we got high school football to talk about as well, too. And and by the way, before we get to the mystery box, Josh, did you have a good Good Wednesday. Did you have a good hump day?
1: I, I did. Had, had a great uh, Wednesday. We had the Norman Palm show last night, so thank you to Norman Palm. It uh, it was good, yeah. W- what about uh, your Wednesday?
0: Now, if if you remember, if you listened early yesterday, you realize I had a day in which I had responsibilities that involved nothing to do with sports Ooh. but with my home,
1: right? The, uh, the dishwasher. Up and running?
0: Uh, first of all, I just wanted to give a big shout-out to my man, Jay Clary. Jay called me at uh, about 5.30 yesterday and was holding me accountable for whether or not I had done anything. (laughs) He he called, he goes, I just want to know one thing. He's like, did you do anything with your day? Did you do anything or did it all fall apart? And the latter would be true. It kind of all fell apart because two two things happened. Number one, as soon as this show was over, I was sent to Walmart. Now, have you gone to Walmart during the middle of a workday before? Like around noon, 11 a 1p on a Monday through Friday? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, come on. You get caught up people watching for like an hour. And the next thing you know, you forgot what you were doing. I just, that that's me. Maybe I'm a weirdo. But, yeah, and then after that, the whole day was shot. And then I had to watch all these people do manly men things while I'm just sitting there on my phone like, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's you, you, got, you got to put the valve there. I, that's what I was going to do. Like, I have no idea. But, yeah, we got a new dishwasher, and we fixed a crack in our ceiling. So life is good, Josh. <laughs> Only... The manliest of men could fix it. I did not, but in that, in that, I will say, I listened to all of the uh, all the podcast. I got caught up on the on the prep for for West Virginia, so it wasn't truly a lost day, Josh. It was just not as productive as it could have been. Whenever you see, oh, I got some time.
1: Yeah, it, it rarely winds up as productive as maybe you would like, but sometimes, you know what? Sometimes you need it. Sometimes day you need where, that. Yeah maybe not altogether productive
0: so a box as we get to the big story on the show today a box had arrived at the kref studios it had concerned a lot of people had folks spooked had folks a little bit worried right so i i go in this morning I, I insert all of your what's in the box jokes from that brad pitt movie what was that seven is that what that is I just saw Jessica, and then she acted like we're not in here doing a radio show. There you are. Thank you. Good morning, Jess. So here's, here's the letter that was in the box. You ready? Yes. It says, hey, Plank, I know you don't like getting things from your listeners, but I saw this at our local Arizona Lowe's across the Colorado River, about 100 miles from Vegas, and, of course, couldn't help myself. Now, it didn't come with a lid. I have no clue what to do with it. Maybe a flower pot or for pet food. Mrs. Dodger Blaine says she she's looking forward to meeting you, and I are planning to go to the softball game in Palm Desert. Hope to see you there, Dodger Blaine. Josh, within that box that cost my man, Dodger Blaine, about $27 to ship to us was a bucket. And it was a Raiders bucket. And he's Ah. right. It didn't have a lid, but I know exactly what I'm going to do with it. So, Dodger Blaine, thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing you again out in Palm Springs. I assume that OU is going to be playing there maybe the third week of the season for softball. And this is, of course, I'm assuming that I'm going to call softball games on the radio again. But thank you. It's one of the coolest gifts I've ever had. And, Josh, I did want to address his very first sentence of this letter. I know you don't like getting things from your listeners. No, no, no. Incorrect. Incorrect. I absolutely love getting things from people. It's just I kind of got a little uh, – I wish I had a little bit more of, of Howard Stern in me financially. But like Stern would always say, I'm not going to do the the GoFundMe things and the
1: Amazon list. I, I don't – Not trying to – His his big thing was always, we're not selling mugs. We're not doing right. this. We're not doing that. I'm not trying to – take my listeners for all of their hard-earned cash
0: i just appreciate that you listen and you spread the word and you'll tell more people about it even the haters so dodger blaine thank you day made i love the bucket i'll take a picture of the bucket josh and i'll
1: send it to sounds you. sounds like a beer bucket
0: see that's what i'm thinking you know put about six tall boys in there dump a little ice in it heck it might it might hold a 12 pack that's a beast so i'm very happy this morning uh Part of the reason I didn't accomplish anything yesterday, Josh, was because I wrote and deleted about 50 different drafts of a tweet because I don't know if I've ever had a dumber response to a tweet in my life. <laughs> yeah? And we've had some dummies, right? We've had some stupid stuff. So as we segue from the bucket to the to the Twitter controversy here real quick, we'll get to Sooner Football coming up next segment. Yesterday, yesterday, the FOS story popped about this, I guess, groundbreaking meeting that's going to take place at the White House, right? And in this groundbreaking, earth-shattering meeting, the White House was hosting a roundtable on college athlete rights with plans to discuss revenue sharing, athlete organizing, and more. And among the attendees were names like, and by the way, among the attendees, I don't, I don't know if any of these people have played college sports in like a decade or more. And also, most of them are not college sports related at all. And then my, my concern was, my point I made, all of them were men. All of them were men. Now, there is, there is, um, I noticed a lot of people in the softball world, I tend to follow a lot of people in the softball community, Uh, had retweeted this, and there was, there was like one account, you know, I'm sure it was either it was someone with front office sports, their burner account, or someone that actually read the article. But there was, there was someone that's like, it's a misleading headline. It's for football only. I'm like, well, I fine. But I mean, is is football the only sport that's going to be involved in, you know, college athletes rights? And if it's just a college football symposium, I don't know about you, Josh Helmer, but I kind of think you might want somebody that's played football recently in college and understands what's going on and what they're dealing with from a day-to-day basis. No offense to Andrew Luck, Ryan Clark, Desmond Howard, Rod Gilmore, Keith Marshall. I don't remember. I mean, the era whenever you were starring, and maybe Luck's on the tail end of it, but I don't even think we had H.D., and, and these are the people that we're going to go talk to about the, the future college football. Anyway, anyway I, I digress, okay? That was, I have some fundamental and foundational issues with this being the people that you talk to. So my tweet was basically, huh, seems a little bit, and, and I said, no offense to Kevin DeGandhi, a sports center anchor getting the nod to take part in a conversation of this magnitude over a female athlete is pretty wild, right? Over a female athlete. I would like to read to you now the dumbest thing that has ever been tweeted to me in the history of mankind. You ready? Yeah. Some guy named Brett Crawford, whom I don't know, Brett. And he doesn't even follow me, so I don't know how this happened. And he has a cat, and he's wearing like a silver necklace, which if that's your profile pic, you're slain, man. Chick Magnet. He writes, sports is a business. Money talks. Why be surprised when the media org responsible for the money is represented? Maybe you guys can talk about it on the pregame show this weekend in between the Loves, Fowler Auto, River Spirit, OG&E, and MidFirst Bank ad breaks. What does that even mean? Like, does he think that's some sort of own? Ooh, you showed me. Because there's not a single decision maker from the business and money side of this. It's a bunch of dudes that have absolutely positively zero power. And my concern wasn't even that a TV entity was there. How does that say anything about the women? And what the F does the White House have to do with the um, oh, hold on. the money side of this for sports, Josh? Help me understand the point of the dumbest text slash tweet ever sent to me.
1: Well, the point was uh, money's going to drive this thing. But as you pointed out, Sounds like more just media entities and not the yes. media decision makers like, from the media entities.
0: We'll show you. I'll show you, buddy. Maybe you can slide this in in the middle.
1: What, what are you even talking about? Like if the president of Disney is there, right? Right. Okay, well, now you've got an argument.
0: <laughs> oh, un- unbelievable. All right, uh, deep breath. Let's get back to sports. I still – I still – yeah, and by the way, I I just got a text from Teenie who's listening to the show. She said, do you think they'd include a few current college football players from every division since it's college football specific? I mean, I saw that yesterday.
1: Yeah, the representation was not good.
0: It's it's really – I mean, it's just dumb. It's just dumb is what it is. And the only thing – outside of that dude that was yelling at us – whenever we were talking about a women's basketball standings and not men's basketball, and then, of course, their natural comeback was, well, I didn't know anyone talked talk about women's basketball on the internet. Rump, rump, rump. That's got to be up there in the top five dumbest things I've ever had tweeted to me before. I mean, I won't lie. There's times whenever I'll tweet something out and someone will say, hey, actually, I'll get a well, actually. I'm like, you know, that's a good point. That's, that's, that's a good angle. This was like someone trying to be – Mr. Olay oh, Floy smarter than the room and I honestly think it's the dumbest thing that's ever been tweeted to me in my life. <laughs> outside outside of this incredible run of bots that tend to tag everything that gets have, have you noticed this?
1: Uh the yeah, tw- I've, I have okay. definitely noticed.
0: Whenever it says do you do you want to click on this? Please do not click on it. Please do not click on
1: it. Yeah, I would suggest you don't.
0: Especially if you're in mixed company. All right, so there is a couple of quick tidbits to get us started. Let's dive into what we've learned about West Virginia. Uh, We've got our coaches' corner recap coming up here in just a bit. And when we come back, just the landscape of three days of, of conversations, consternation. Where does that leave Oklahoma as it prepares for a showdown with West Virginia on Saturday night? With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. This is the home of Sooner fans. All right, so Josh... Near the end of the show yesterday, you and I were kind of going in depth on a Brent Venables' comment from his meeting with the media. And I thought it was I thought it was really good. It had centered around just basically continued frustration with mental mistakes. And Coach Venable said, there's an area of our team that has to get better. I'll play the cut for you here in just a bit. The developing of a position. Because he was pressed on it just a bit. In fact, I think, well, let me see if it's queued up to it. This is a very dangerous game I'm about to play, people. I think that's college football. Oh, 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 here we go, here we
2: go. I think that's college football to some degree, but, uh, you know, that's where we're at. And I, I don't disagree whatsoever, so. Don't do the things that will absolutely punish you, and uh, and again through seven through seven games we didn't turn a ball over, and the game will honor you for that. And the flip side, I I, I make it that simple, because again the the when, when you turn the ball over, everything else just gets highlighted. All the other mistakes that are there, even through seven or zero, you nobody's seeing that because they just see a W, and. Uh, but we even in those you know, SMU, Texas, Cincinnati, there was nothing easy about those games. Nothing, you know. And we had to fight all the way through the fourth quarter to find a way to win. But we won. Took care of the football, and and that's the name of the game. So, uh, you know, there's always all these underlying issues that sometimes aren't necessarily under the same microscope. And but when you when you lose, uh, or certainly the turnovers enhance your opportunity to lose. Now every now all these other warts can be exposed, and that's uh, just not at Oklahoma. It's it's just football, and you know we we don't we don't have our head in the sand of what those might be, and uh, we may not uh, get the result that we want or everybody else wants as fast as everybody might want, but we're. Uh, we recognize whatever those are. We understand our where our weaknesses are better than anybody else. And uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about it right now. But we we got a, a an area on our team that man we have to get better. And it, we don't you know and again and it's and it it's uh, it's been a, a part of not playing quite as well as we need to. And uh, okay. oh no, it's a position, just developing, just developing a position. So
0: we started the conversation yesterday before we were getting out of here, Josh, of, all right, well, then what what is that position, right? And it was interesting because I found in just a quick, and this was, you know, maybe five minutes in the perusings of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, it seemed as if there were two consistent submissions. Tight end. Ding, ding, ding,
1: and what? What was the other one?
0: Essentially, I would just say defensive line as a whole, right? I think that you know, if you want to break it down to say defensive tackle or or the edges, I mean that that's fine. We can have that debate, but knowing knowing where coach is kind of in his background and in his focus, I. I don't know, Josh. Whenever I saw that, whenever I heard that, I just assumed he was talking about a defensive position, right? I mean, that might be wrong of me, but don't you don't you kind of think that that might have been? Not that he is uncomfortable bashing. I, let me rephrase that. Uh, not that he wouldn't be un- uncomfortable saying something. You know, talking about the mechanics of of something on the offensive line. Like, I think the offensive line has actually played really well. The last, you know, couple of games. Maybe I'm crazy. But I, I kind of, you know, you've had two bad snaps, which are problematic, right? But I kind of feel like the offensive line and, and seeing five regular guys out there, I feel like it's kind of started to find its groove just a little bit. But if you were to ask that question maybe after week three, or at least if that point would have been brought up, I think offensive line would have been uh, something that a lot of people w- would circle. Right? I don't. I don't think it, I was just going through every position. Don't think it's quarterback, you know, where the where he talks about getting better. You know, there there was a part of me that thought running back for a minute, right? But in that same vein, I I I, I know that the the hope is that these guys can do a better job of making people miss or running through trash and not going down on. Say a a first contact, but I I don't know if that's the difference between you know nine and zero and seven and two right now. I just to me and it's speculative, right? I, I felt like whenever I was going through the list after the show yesterday, you know, I almost made a point where that could be every single position on the field, but I just feel like it comes back to defensive line. And after you know, after Teddy referring to the performance of the defensive line against Kansas is basically that's going to become coaching tape for offensive line coaches. I mean, that's going to become clinic tape whenever people look at the job that Kansas offensive line did against OU. I don't know, Josh. I just, I mean, is it fair to even with the defense playing better than it ever has in the span of the last, you know, maybe what, 10 years? Is it fair to think that that, magnifying glass would be on the on the defensive line and be a defensive oriented position
1: well you've got a defensive head coach you've got someone that won three national championships in large part uh, or in no small part because of his excellence Colin defense and so yeah it would be natural for that inclination to be on the defensive side of the football I think you've I think we've probably narrowed it down correctly that he's talking either tight end or defensive line. Which one of the two? Okay. Uh that's it's up for interpretation. The offensive side is interesting because if it's tight end, then is that Brent Venable's basically saying if we get better there, then a lot of the concerns that you have with Jeff Levy mm-hmm. are fixed. Right. Probably not entirely, right? But I would take that to mean some of the things, a lot of the things that we're trying to run, we can't tap into because we're not good enough there. But again, I don't know, and it could be defensive line.
0: You, no, no, I, I, I don't. In, until Coach tells us, which I, you know, I don't think he's just going to offer that up. I think it is open for interpretation. I think it is something to where we could debate about what's good and what's what's not good and what needs to be better. I mean, at at the end of the day, if you will, Josh, it all has to be better, right? If you're talking about a a championship mindset and championship expectations, it all has to be better. So, for me, I'm willing to listen to just about anything. Sinner? A sinner, yeah. I mean, I love Andrew Rame to death. I think he's great. Uh, a great kid, but... I mean, that's some very critical mistakes that were made in that game. And it's heartbreaking because, you know, it's kind of like in life. It's something that just seems so natural that you do it right 99.9% of the time and no one recognizes you or no one pays attention or it's not that big of a deal. But that 0.1% of the time when you make a mistake, it's the worst thing that's ever happened. Right, and it came at the worst time of that game Saturday, but y'all have y'all have ideas on that. Let's hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line when we come back. It's nine thirty-two. It is a Thursday edition of the Plank Show. We're on the road at Caven's Emergency Response Group. We love spending our Thursdays with Gary and his staff. Uh, water, fire, mold, even hazmat situations. Caven's has been trained up to clean up and. Basically, make it appear as if nothing happened. They're your first call after the fire truck, after the emergency vehicles leave, or your first call when the pipes explode. Gary Cavins and Cavins Emergency Response Group, 405-573-3048. To the Meyer Chevrolet text line when we come back next right here on The
1: Ref. Back with you. It is the Plank Show right here. It's The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Josh Elmer alongside, well, Chris Plank. Our number one brought to us by Van Hoos Fence. That is VH Fence, 405-735-1167, VHFence.com, where you can find out about Van Hoos and the crew. To the text line we go. A lot of discussion about, well, which position group was Brent Venables maybe referring to that uh, needs to get better for Oklahoma. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, by the way, 405-651-3439. True Sooner says, first thing I thought of, was special teams.
0: Mm. Hmm. But in every turn, he's defended the special teams, right?
1: And he made the remark this week, too, of we can't be kicking a 51-yarder. We got to get more on second and third there. Cody Allen was uh, along those same lines, two out of the 918. Do you think maybe he's referring to the kicking game? I don't.
0: Mm. It, it Because it's everything when you just say special teams you know you got to be kind of i'm i'm not trying to nerd out here please but it is when he says position group is it kickers is it punters is it kick return is it kick coverage is it you know whatever it might be i don't think he was but i think it shows you josh just how many areas there are for improvement sure right whenever we're having this kind of conversation, and there's just not one group that pops to the front of everyone's mind. Bobby and BA writes another thought for me: cornerback. OU is 12th in pass defense in the conference, I think. Well, part of the problem with with, with quarterback, uh, corner cornerback, is that they just haven't been able to stay healthy. I mean, that's and. You know I I again I went back and I was I was bugging the guys I think Teddy and and Gabe and Toby got tired of me bringing it up. But I brought it up Josh at least on on two to three commercial breaks to where I was just I was shocked with how deep we were having to go on the um on the depth chart at corner. Right? I mean it was just it was wild to me. I was like, "Whoa, that is that is Macari Vickers out there. What's going on? Why is why are we going that deep?
1: Part of it is the lack of experience for for you know Vickers and company and others, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I do think over the course of this season, with Gentry Williams getting dinged up on a regular basis, with Peyton Bowen missing time, and and there's been other injuries back there too, that we've seen Oklahoma. They, they, they do have to get better from, sure. a, from a depth I standpoint in the secondary. I think that's a
0: good one. Uh, that's good, Bobby. Here's Jason Johns who writes, I'm with you, Plank. It has to be the defensive line, which, again, it just – Oklahoma is 12 out of 14 teams in the Big 12 in passing yards allowed. But they're third in the league in defensive efficiency. And if you're going to say, well, it's got be, to be the defensive line, Well, they're fourth in the Big 12 in rushing defense. And then in just overall scoring defense, um, Oklahoma finds themselves third. You know, they're only allowing 19.8 points per game. By the way, leading the conference at almost 40 points per game, 39.9. So if you're going to say defensive line like I did, Jason, it's kind of weird because the numbers, at least in the conference, would lead you to believe that it's been pretty good, right?
1: Well, I think – Two things can be true: they're good at stopping the run, and they're not good at rushing the passer.
0: Yeah, yeah. You want a couple more here, real quick, before we get to the phones
1: from the nine one five offensive line. Pass protection has been inconsistent or off. That's a uh, that's mm. kind of a su- surprising submission or off the beaten path, maybe.
0: I disagree. I disagree, nine one five Sooner family. I think they've been pretty good pass protection. Now. Unfortunately, it goes back to what we were talking about with snaps, right? You, you do it well, yeah, ninety-nine percent of the time, and the one time that you have a mistake, it's glaring. Tyrell, uh, I keep wanting to call, call Tyler Guyton everything but Tyler Guyton for some reason. Tanner, maybe that's because Tanner's working with us now over at the ref. I want to call him Tanner. I want to call him Taylor. But you know Tyler Guyton has been amazing. But you know he gets he gets beat against Kansas, and it's a it's a play that ends up you know leading to Gabriel getting hit and not being able to put as much on it as he wants. Walter Rouse, same thing. We still love the video where he's blocking two guys to win the game against Texas. But you know uh, I don't even remember which OSU player it was. Ran the hoop, ran right around him, and and hit Gabriel to pretty much. Implode what could have been a big time play for Oklahoma.
1: How about, Just me. How about these? A uh, couple of folks <laughs> with a popular submission Land Thief and Lloyd, both uh, out of the 918. BV's talking about tight ends. Stockner can't keep playing 100 snaps per game. It's tight end, says Land Thief. The position has been non existent. To add, Stockner missed numerous blocks last Saturday that, if blocked properly, could have helped create big plays.
0: You know what's interesting? Uh, I, I, I haven't heard too many people Grinch and Moan about Stogner's blocking. I've heard more about what some of the receivers might have had problems with down the field. But yeah, it's I it shows you how wide open this is, right? I mean, we just went through you know most of the text that we've read that we've received you know on this topic. As soon as we've rinsed. Uh, Mention it and Josh, you refresh the text line. And there's 50 m- new submissions. Right? Here's the Sooner Andy, real quick before we get to the phones at 405 9000 He writes, I think you're too quick to dismiss running back as Brent's focus. Many times he has stated, you need one back to step up, separate, and take ownership of that room. Also, seems like he has expressed frustration that the backs do not run through the trash well enough. He has hit on these points several times. His specific point, that group needs development, rules out special teams. I just think we need better kickers and not development. Oh, and then this is this is good. I might be misinterpreting, writes the 573, what he said. But I think he meant developing a position group to win rather than give the game away. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think you're misinterpreting but I think that's a bazillion percent what he means. <laughs> He's trying to develop a group that win football games. The so, the whole
1: conversation was pretty interesting too, which is maybe an interesting other avenue we can explore is why, why still such thin margins for Oklahoma, right? Which was, I thought oh, a good question from Garen Emig. Great question. And you're going to a place in the future where, it's kind of the name of the game probably, right? Mm-hmm. That the SEC, there's going to be thinner margins. So how do you figure out, well, A, to get rid of some of those thin margins, and then B, how do you get better in those thin margin games?
0: Great point. All right, let's get a call in here, 405 329 or two. It's the Riverwind Casino Jackpot line as we're coming to you live from Caven's Emergency Response Group here on a Thursday. What's going on, Brian? Welcome to the show. How are you, man?
3: Hey, Chris. How are you, bud?
0: Outstanding.
3: All right. I got a couple softball questions.
0: Oh, okay. I'm uh, I'm playing the game tonight uh, too, so I'll be out there.
3: Awesome, awesome. I've enjoyed the the uh, fallball. My questions though are in your opinion, what it looks to me like, because Pickering is clearly the best hitter of the youngsters, um, do you see a Sid Sanders if she's healthy and is she gonna be back and healthy for the start of the season? Um, Do you see a battle between those two with the loser or the one not getting the first base nod uh, being the designated hit uh, player?
0: I think Sid Sanders is going to be red. I don't think any of the injuries that Oklahoma is dealing with right now, Brian. I don't – and I haven't talked to Mara about this, and honestly, Coach, I'm just going by some of the things that she said in her media avails. But my feel and my gut leads me to believe that everyone's going to be ready come, what is that, February 8th for their opener? Right. Every, everyone's going to be good to go. But you're right. Good I good. think that's going to be a heck of a conversation, competition, whatever. And whenever, you know, these young freshmen, I mean, holy smokes, yeah. man. They're so good. I, Pickering's yeah. going to play. She's going to play. It's just a matter of yeah. where. So I – I, I th- and I think she's she's versatile enough to where you can move her around and put her anywhere. But if you were to ask me right now, I I think you're looking, if Sid's healthy, which it looks like she is, I think the that right side of the infield is going to remain unchanged. I think it's going to be Sanders at first and Jennings at second.
3: Right. It's just uh, Pickering's power you want oh, in she's, there. Yeah. Um, along with ha- your girl Hannah Cor who's much improved. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of her. She's, she's looks Wow. She's looks, she looks
0: great. She looks great. She really does. Yeah. yeah. We're really happy for her.
3: Now, now the second one that I'll uh let you comment on, um you mentioned it several months ago, right after the season ended, and kind of referred to it again vaguely, um, that there's a chance you might not be calling the games anymore. And can you comment on why or oh. what's in limbo or is it? Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. I,
0: I no, I appreciate that. Thanks for asking, Brian. I am I am a 1 and 0 kind of a guy now. So in other words, I just want to get to tomorrow. I want to win Saturday, I want to win Sunday, but I just always right. I just always want to make sure that I'm not getting over my skis. I'll, the whole expectation is that I'll be with that team. I've I've even made my flight, okay? I'll literally rephrase that. Yeah. Jackie Livingston made my flight for me. So I'll be going with them
3: okay. to good. their opener.
0: So good. we'll be good on that front. Right. Thanks good. for asking though, man. No, cool. I appreciate it.
3: All right. All right, yeah, because I'm always going to know you as that, even more than the sideline reporter guy, I the voice of that. the Sooners. And um, I remember when I first stumbled on back in, I think it was 17, you were calling. I think it was you calling uh, the OU Notre Dame game early in the season, and I'm mm-hmm. like, huh, what's this? You know. And I, <laughs> I haven't looked back and listened to everyone since. So oh well, thanks, man. Uh, that
0: that yeah. really means a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks for the All phone right. call, Brian.
3: You take care. All right, thanks. Bye.
0: Yeah, no, 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 I don't – I mean, I just – I'm the luckiest dude in the world because if I'm not doing this, there is nothing else I can do. I mean, there isn't anything else I can do. Um, <laughs> I i couldn't work in construction. I couldn't work in the stock market. I sure as heck couldn't work in real estate. Uh, so this is all I know how to do. So I just always, uh, I'm a one and zero kind of a guy. I'm not planning. Maybe I should hold out the week before the first game. I'm holding out. Contractual holdout. No, no, thanks, Brian.
1: I appreciate you That's, checking. No, you should not do that. That's a <laughs> terrible idea. Bad idea.
0: No, I um, I think for softball fans, you need to you need to understand that those I. I hope what I've been selling you, I hope what I've been telling you, you're buying into when you want to fight about why didn't we get this player out of the portal or why didn't we do that. uh, I can't believe we let her get away. There was a reason behind it. They had high, high expectations for this freshman class, and I know that there's been some injuries, and I know they've had some players dinged up, but they're, they're really good. And then you look at that signing class that just came in. Oh, my gosh. They signed eight players yesterday, including the top pitcher in the country and arguably one of the top all-around athletes, maybe outside of a, a Jada Coleman that Oklahoma has has ever signed. In in a, a, a why am I why am I blank Tia Malloy? Pretty good stuff, man. Pretty good stuff. I can't wait to see Audrey Lowry pitch. She's really good. So it's – um. times are good, Josh Helmer. Times are good for the Oklahoma Sooner softball team. The only thing I think that slows them down this year could be injuries. But they're in a really, really good spot right now. And these youngsters, they come in at a level where they look like they're ready to play. Thanks for calling, Brian. We'll get back to the text next. Plus, we mentioned Gary's going to join us a little bit after 10 and what we learned from Coach's Corner, all coming up on a busy Thursday edition of the Plank Show. Jay and Tulsa. Jay and Tulsa guy from Parts Unknown just pretty much made my day. Jay writes, Plank, if the offense fails to put away West Virginia, if given the opportunity, I think their punishment should be a Zoom call with Mel Tucker. <laughs> Are we sure that was a Zoom call and not just a phone call? FaceTime. FaceTime, thank you. FaceTime. How did Michigan State beat Nebraska last week? <laughs> that's, yeah, I don't know. Did did I read that right? Michigan State won yeah, that game. Uh, yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah. That's a and bad then, loss for Nebraska. Oh, it's
0: such a bad loss. And then guy from parts unknown writes, "Chris says maybe he's crazy. Like that's some kind of mystery." Yo, know, I realized my level of crazy yesterday. Whenever, whenever I was sitting and listening to a podcast. I'm not going to say which one. (laughs) Yeah. And the host was making a point and I'm arguing with him while he's making his point. Like he's sitting in the room with me and I'm just about halfway through it. I kind of stopped and I thought the world are you doing right
1: now? I am nuts. I am insane.
0: (laughs) Um, but but maybe that's what a majority of all y'all do whenever it comes to this show as well. So You know
1: what? That's thank what, you. That's what makes – that's what concocts the greatness. A little so, bit crazy. A
0: little bit of crazy has got to be in there. Now, the 10 o'clock hour on a Thursday, you know, we're big – I'm big on audio. I just – I like, as a sports radio fan, as someone who consumes a lot of sports radio and a lot of uh, content – I like to hear what the coaches have to say and react to it. Now, there's some that just want to tell you what the coaches told them, and that's fine. But for me, I've always been a big, hey, here's what the coach said. Let's hear it. Let's get the full context of it because we're not a TV station that is, you know, they, they only get like 12 seconds or a um, a tweet that only gets, you know, 280 or whatever characters you're limited to now. So we're going to go a little bit in depth later on in the 10 o'clock hour what we learned from Brandon Hall and Emmett Jones and Coach's Corner to get you ready for the show tonight. And we'll preview the showdown with West Virginia right here on the ref.